In the last episode, I showed you how you can use Rake to handle background processes that might be triggered by uh, an administrator. And that works really best for infrequent tasks, such as sending a company newsletter out uh, once a week or something. But what if you ha um, have a different case where maybe the users can trigger the sending of a newsletter to their friends and family or something? In that case, um, something that could be triggered by the user or something that needs to be triggered frequently, Rake really isn't a very good solution because it starts and stops the Rails process every single time. Um, so what we want to do here is have a more persistent background process to handle these jobs that are more frequent. And for that, we can use the Starling message queuing server. And I'm going to use the Workling plugin to interact with it. I'm going to just jump right in and give you the steps involved in setting this up. And then I'll backtrace a little bit and show you exactly how it is all working internally. The first thing we'll need to do is install a few things. So I'm going to install uh, Starling which is just a simple gem. And then next we can install the Workling plugin just with this command. Um, I'll put this in the show notes too so you can just copy and paste from there if you want at railscast.com. The next thing we need to do is tell Workling that we're going to use Starling for our background processing. Um, I'm going to put this in my development RB file that's under config environments directory. Um, I like putting in, it inside the specific environment uh, file, so that way I can change it depending on the different environments, such as maybe I want to use a different uh, background processing engine in the test environment, for example. And Workling also has support for Spawn as well, the Spawn plugin if you want to use that instead of Starling. And next we need to create a worker. This is just a class which holds the code that you want to execute in a separate process. Uh, I'm just going to make a new directory here called workers inside my apps folder. And then in here, let's make a new mailings worker um, file. And in here, so we just make that new class called um, mailings worker. And it needs to inherit from workling base. And in here, we just make a new method called anything we want. So let's call it send mailing, and it takes a hash of options. And so in, in here, we just need to put the code in that we want to execute in a separate process. Now let's take a look at our mailings controller and see exactly what code we're using to send a mailing um, that we wrote in our last episode. We used rake, remember? So we, ha we have this method here in our deliver action called um, call rake. And then it just calls that send mailing rake task and just passes our mailing ID option to it. Um, and here's that given rake task. All it does is just find, fetch that given mailing and just call deliver on it. And this is the part that we want to put inside of our worker. And we want to trigger that worker here instead of calling a rake task. And calling a worker is actually very easy. Just call mailings worker and then just call async um, send mailing and then just pass whatever options you want to it. So in this case, we want to pass in our mailing ID as the params ID. And that's it. That will actually call that send mailing method asynchronously in the background as a background process, in our case using Starling. So we can just move this code into our worker to do basically the same thing we did in that rake task. Just toss it in here. And we need to reformat our options a little bit. And there we go. That um, should work. So it will 
when it gets here, it'll trigger our um, send mailing task in the background, end up fetching our mailing ID and delivering it as a background process. So let's see how this works. Now first we have to start up a few processes so we can get the uh, daemons running. Um, let's start up the Starling server and we can just specify dash D to uh, run as a daemon in the background. And then we can specify a specific PID location to store. Um, so this way we can store it inside of our Rails directory somewhere. I like to store it in PIDs or temp PIDs and then uh, Starling PID and then we have um, we can specify the queue log we can say to store it inside of our log directory and there we go and then after that we just need to start up the workling starling client and you can do that with a simple call to script uh, workling starling client start and that's necessary because that's the um, process that will actually handle the background tasks because that's going to be kept separate from the queuing server which is starling itself now that that's all up and running, let's try this out. Let's try delivering a mailing here. And then notice we get redirected back to our index page instantly. And then in the background, in a separate process, is actually sending the mailing in for 10 seconds. And then after that, it should update our mailing record uh, the delivered at time. So we should see, after we reload this page, the, uh, the time updated here. And notice that. There it is. So um, successfully processed the task in the background and after 10 seconds it updated our delivered at time very cool now as you can see workling is a great way to get up and running with starling for background processes but i encourage you to try playing around with starling on its own because it really is an amazing uh, elegant solution for these kind of problems so to demonstrate this i've opened up two separate irb prompts and um, both of these i've just connected to loaded ruby gems loaded memcache and I'm just connecting directly to our Starling server um, using memcache. Now this may seem a little bit strange that we're using memcache here because Starling isn't really about caching but it just uses this because it's a nice universal way to send and receive messages or get and set information and that's really all what Starling is and it speaks on a separate protocol so we can use this on uh, distributed networks and separate servers and stuff uh, this doesn't all have to be on your local host, which makes it very powerful. Now this top pane up here represents our Rails application, and this is going to set or send messages to Starling, and then this lower pane here is going to represent our worker class, or our um, client, our workling client, and this is going to receive the messages and process them or act upon them. Okay, so now let's try this out in our top pane here, let's try setting a message to the queue, the Starling queue. So let's call starling.set, and then we give it the name of a queue. We can just make one up here on the fly. Let's call it send mailing, and then um, we can just pass in whatever message we want. It could be a string, it could even just be a Ruby hash here of options. So we can say our mailing ID as one, and then it will set that to our Starling queue. And then down here on the client side, we can receive that by calling starling.get and the name of our queue. So our send mailing. And then notice it received that hash. And so we can do this multiple times if we build up our queue. This is what happens when you know you, you click on the deliver button. It just sends any number of mailings to be sent. 
And then our worker process, it receives those by just calling, it just gets the next one in the queue that's being um, queued up, ready to receive. Just calls get, and that re returns the next one in line, uh, just like a simple queuing system. And then if there's no more, it just returns nil, so it just waits around for um, more mailings to be sent. The beauty of this is that it's completely distributed, so it makes it very easy to scale if you need to. For example, let's say that we um, can't process our mailings fast enough and we need a separate server. Well, we can just easily set up and start up another um, Workling client on that other server, just point it to the Starling server, and then it can just pull from the queue um, along with the other one, so um, it can help with the load. So it's very easy to scale this kind of architecture and um, great way to handle background tasks which may be kind of processor intensive. This episode is sponsored in part by GitHub. One of the best ways to improve yourself as a programmer is to collaborate with others, share your code, and read other code. In my opinion, GitHub is the best way to do that. Check them out at github.com and share your code. Also sponsored by Pragmatic Screencasts. They offer high-quality screencasts on a variety of subjects, including Ruby and Rails. Check them out at pragmatic.tv.